I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome along to the Week One Flagship Show. Uh, you'll be seen by looking at it. There's no big man Murph today. He is out having dinner with a family, so um, good luck to him. But here we are. Week One is done and almost in the books. Uh, a game to go, and what a week it was. Um, Tires and overtime and drama galore everywhere. Uh, and to help me go through it, I'm delighted to say I've got uh, Antonio here. Antonio, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, delighted to be here, talking about week one. What a week. Can't wait to get into it with you. Uh, <clears throat> as you've already alluded to it, it's crazy, some of those matches, but we'll get stuck into that, I'm sure. We will. Antonio, just for the people that don't know you, obviously I know you, you write for Five Yard Dynasty. So tell me guys who you are, what you do where they can find your, your sort of content, what you're working on right now, that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm over on the um, Play Action Pass podcast that we've got going on. Uh, it's a bit of a home <laughs> league that kicked off talking about it on, on a podcast. It's been running for about two years now. Um, so I'm on there weekly. And then I write for Five Yard Dynasty, as you say. Um, I've got a couple of short videos coming out this year that's going to talk about, you know, kind of dynasty stashes as the year goes on mm-hmm. on that channel. And I'll be talking about week one's starts and sits over on the play action pass and get involved in stuff like this with five yards rush team which are fantastic so lots it going awesome. on 
me and Murph talk about the the whole team that's behind the scenes at Five Yard, and it's a phenomenal effort for all different shows and content they put out. And there's there's people that you don't come across on on pods and stuff as often. And I know saying I tried to do it in the off season, and Murph wants to do going through is we've got some very knowledgeable, experienced people working under the Five Yard banner, if you will. So let's get yeah. their input into this. Absolutely. So. And everyone's really friendly, you know, approachable. You can call someone up and to join a pod like you have, yeah. and, and people are just join. So, yeah, very good. Awesome. They can follow you. It's on there at lights out. At lights out. Seven. At lights out uh, I missed that. Sorry on the on the screen, but at lights out seven or FF and the score lights out seven. I should have put that there. Super. But yeah, no worries. So, week one is in the books. What did you make of it? What stood out as a as a highlight for you? Well, I thought the the early games, you know. It, I was a bit not concerned, but I was expecting a slow start. You know, you get to week one. We have had the th- Thursday night football <clears> game, uh, which we probably won't cover too much, I guess. But, you know, that, that was a good one. But it fizzled out, on, obviously, on a blowout. I, it did feel a little bit rusty, if I'm honest, the first quarter. And I was thinking, mm, some of these quarterbacks, you know, they need to step up their game. But I, it, it, like a switch flicked around quarter two, I think, in most of the games. And they just took off. The second half of those early games were fantastic. And... You know, the, the excitement and the buzz was back straight away. I was absolutely loving it. Couldn't take my eyes off it. Stayed up, you know, until the yeah. end of the first <laughs> games. And, uh, and yeah, and it, you know, we'll talk about the kickers and all that, but they do have a say in, in real real life uh, scores. <laughs> yeah, whether and, they uh, should do or not, I guess, is a, a different matter. <laughs> but I, I just think early weeks for me, I've known for the experience of watching and following it, Defenses can hit the ground running a lot quicker than offenses. The the nuances and the intricacies involved with defense is nowhere near as involved as it is with an offense. And especially this kind of offseason where we've seen so many moves by high profile skill players and coaching changes or coordinator changes. So early in the season, it's not always such a big surprise to see defenses come out on top. Um completely agree. Yeah. And I think that was the case maybe for the first quarter. I think there's a bit of a lot of quarterbacks <clears throat> probably had a little bit of pressure on them as well. And they settled down and, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. uh we saw some good quality play or offensive play as well. We did, yeah. I mean any particular game stick out to you? Yeah, so I mean in terms of obviously the highest scoring games, the, the Detroit Philadelphia game yeah. was really enjoyable and, and it, it did turn into a bit of a blowout towards <clears throat> quarter three. But there, there was fancy scoring throughout. You know, you look at the likes of we. Everyone was looking at how Jalen Hurts is going to throw the ball in that game, and uh, AJ Brown. You know, talking about a debut um, on the outside, completely dominated the target share. Um, you know, Devon Smith catch less in that game. That was something I, I kind of was drawn to. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, the Cincinnati Steelers game obviously got exciting towards the end. But the, the, the likes of Trubisky and Mariota, I think, were two quarterbacks I was looking at because they've got the kind of rookies looking over their shoulder a little bit. So I was kind of thinking, okay, are they, if one of them gets off to a really poor start, you could see Pickett or Ritter, not in that game, but very yeah. shortly. And I think they did well. Pick Trubisky won the game, yeah. and Mariota was very close to win in the game. So I think, you know, they they looked okay enough to keep that role for a bit. So I don't think we're going to see the rookie quarterbacks for a while. That's no, I mean, I want to go back to the, the Lions-Eagles game. Um, started out quite tentatively. Eagles got ahead by a fair margin. And I think it's something you're going to see throughout with this Lions side is they didn't give up and they didn't walk away and they kept going. And there is actually some 
fantasy relevant players within that roster. Absolutely. Stood up. I mean, they put 35 points on the board against what is a pretty respectable Eagles defense. Very, very good um, defense, I would say, actually. I think they're top, they're top 10 defense on paper anyway. Yeah. Eagles. And, and many of the Lions fantasy side players were, were probably quite low in drafts because they're the Lions, because they're not winning games. And, and again, there's an element of the garbage time type racking up. But actually, they was in this game to a certain extent. And Completely. I don't think it is, it's necessarily a, a fully one-sided element of that. The, the, you know, Hawkinson and Shark all turned up. DeAndre Swift had a great game. Um, there's some quality in there as well. Um, talking about quality, one game there wasn't a great deal of quality, I guess, was the, the Bears and Niners um, in Chicago. Yeah. Um, pretty rained off, um, waterlogged, flooded. It, football's back, right? That's football. Exactly, right yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and to be fair, it's rare Apart from maybe in Florida, you see the downpours at this time of year. You know, at this early in the season, you don't see the poor weather games in America, you know, until maybe we get into the back end of October. So <clears throat> seeing that kind of game early on was a bit of a surprise. And and seeing, you know, uh, I mean, I, I quickly sat some of those players, the likes of Cole Komet. You know, if yeah. you've got those players who are fringe anyway, just make the decision. Don't think about it too much. Just make the decision. You know, Ayuk was another one, but although he started off hot, you know, I think he had one big catch early on. It looked like he was going to have a big game. Yeah, he had two targets, just, two catches for forty yards. So it's always safe. Six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always safer to start. It is safer to start other players on the brink. You're going to start De- Debo Samuel definitely. You know those those yeah. kind of players. But you know that's just a kind of a reminder that keep an eye on the weather forecast always. Um, make your decision wisely around those fringe players if the if the winds are high as well. But but you know the quarterbacks in that game and I it's Lance has got a bit of stick on Twitter today. Um but Fields wasn't great at all in the first half. Yep. And really it, it looked like a bit of a broken play that he scored that one touchdown. You take that away and then you know it's a very average game to, to pour if I'm honest. Um so you know uh people are giving him a pass, people are giving Lance one more week saying that Jimmy's around, you know, it's going to be a very, they've got Seattle coming up. So I think that's a bit of a bounce back game for Lance. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he, that, he, that, that it was a one-off. Um, you've got to treat it like that. I think. In I'm not conditions. going to panic on anybody that was involved within that yeah. game whatsoever. Um, Lance's quality is Lance's quality. Yes. There are still question marks over his ability within the NFL, um, but you cannot judge it on that game. You cannot possibly take that game as an isolated start and say, is he going to struggle? You can't, it can't be factored in whatsoever. Um, it's just a, a non-event in terms of where that is and what happens with it. Uh, yeah. And as you're right, don't overreact to anybody. I've seen a lot of people saying, Cole Komet only got one target. Yeah, yeah. He only threw 18 times, I think, or 14 times in the game, Justin Fields. So there wasn't a lot of targets going around to anybody. So um I wouldn't overreact to, to anybody that played on those rosters. Um, I'd wait for another a week or two and see how it goes because they will even out to where you anticipate it to be. Um, yeah, so the likes, of, the likes of Mooney, you know, Kemet, I wouldn't drop them from your team. Absolutely, I agree with that. You know, don't. There's no rash dropping from that from that game. Um, they'll they'll bounce back, I'm sure. Um, yep. But yeah, Lance. 
Oh, Elijah Mitchell went out in that game. I know we're going to talk about injuries later, but yeah, we'll, we'll, leave, yeah, we'll leave that to the injury uh, section. Yeah, there is. So, Bengals, Steelers. Steelers got five turnovers and still just about scraped over the line in overtime. Um, well, that's one of the craziest finishes I've seen. Just because, because teams who turn the ball over five times do not get that close to winning, historically. No, do you, know what I mean? you can't have that many, that fewer possessions. Absolutely. Um, so the fact that, I mean, I don't know what Burrow was, some of those, uh, there's a couple of tip throws in there, but <clears throat> he didn't look comfortable from the beginning, really. Higgins yeah. went out, Higgins went out in quarter two, I think, didn't help, but it, something didn't look right with the line, five sacks maybe, TJ Watt was everywhere, obviously that's another big injury, but he was everywhere in that backfield and something didn't feel right with the Bengals, I don't know if it's a Super Bowl hangover, we saw it from the Rams on Thursday, I'm, I'm not sure, but. Chase took a while to get into the game. When he did, obviously, he could have had three touchdowns in that game. I don't know he should have won the game anyway because he had the catch on the line. Exactly. Yeah. was over. And it's such a weird call from the, the coaches to – they rushed to the line and rushed to play. They were obviously confident about making it again. But Exactly. So they get there. The first in inches on the one yard, oh, well, we'll just run this in. All of a sudden, it's yeah. fourth and one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they've seen the replay six times by now and going, ah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Could have the game, that's cost them the game. Um, even with five turnovers, you know, they would still have won that game. That just says to me the Steelers aren't probably a very good side this year. I agree with that completely. Awesome. And I think it's going uh, to get worse with the injuries as well. Yeah, probably will do. Uh, Dolphins, Patriots, Dolphins scored 20, gave up seven. Same as last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anything different for them? Well, um, I think I would like to see them play. I'm not going to say New England, you know, Belichick or whatever. They do struggle. They do struggle down there. Hmm. Yep. Again, historically, um, I don't think there's a very good team. <clears throat> I would like to see the Dolphins get challenged by a stronger team before I make a decision on them. Well, it is good to see yep. Tyreek Hill commanding those targets, and you know, Waddle stayed relevant. Gesicki, we, yep. we think, you know, it was all by the book for Miami. We we knew Chase would be the leader. In, in touches from the backfield, we knew Hill would be the, the top commander of, of targets from the wide receiver, but it's also good to see Waddle getting his. So that feels like a consolidated... Yeah, we one, uh, Mike Gesicki only had one target uh, and one catch. So, yeah. But you, you've brought Tyreek Hill into your offense. It's going to be limited. And again, once they got ahead against the Patriots, there was an element of running the clock. It was, yeah. it was hot. I think it was 110 degrees pitch side. New England, um, not, in New England, they're not used to that. I can tell you, Miami might be, but well, I went down there four or five days earlier, I think, to try and acclimatize. Um, right. Miami pulled the old trick of going, We're gonna wear white, so you've got to wear navy blue. Uh, Miami also very clever because for afternoon games, their home sidelines in the shade and the visiting yeah. sides in the sun. Yeah, like, there's always a bit like to some extent the Bears Niners game, there's an extreme of the mm. weather, um, which does just ruin your plans a little bit. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Well, are, are you going to feel comfortable starting Patriots players, though? Because I'm not, really. I, I yeah, didn't I expected like... more. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I, well, I, even the even the backs, you know, you look at the shared backs and Montgomery got the pass. He was the pass-catching role and obviously down in the red zone when he actually rolled in for a yeah. touchdown. If they're sharing, if Harrison Stevenson are sharing and then they don't get the catches, that's a stay away from me, all three. Not interested yeah. in those backs. So um, that was a big takeaway from that game, I think. 
Yeah, and even the wide receivers, though, Devontae Parker, you'd expect against his old side. I think he had two catches. It's, I don't know, something just wasn't quite right with the Patriots. For now, I'm going to mark it down to whether game one off stride uh, and a pumped up Dolphins team at home. Um, and I, yeah, I'll wait and see. But yeah, I'd probably, I'm probably not looking to start Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, any of those anytime soon and just seeing how it figures out in the next couple of weeks, really. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Panthers Browns, another sort of mediocre game to an extent, apart from a game winning field goal, which yeah. cost Baker his revenge. <clears throat> I got a feeling Baker thought he won that game. When he's, you when, see his I think, face after the kick, he I, wanted to win that game, right? Yeah, but I think he thought he won it, you know, in the plays before that, obviously, when he rushed it in as well, and he found Robbie Anderson deep, which was mm-hmm. a lovely, you know, <laughs> nice play. Nice to see Robbie back. <laughs> Um, catching those like, like the old days. Um, but yeah, I, it, it felt like, you know, Baker thought he, he got one on his old team and then you know, 58, 59 yard. And the, to be honest, the kicker in Cleveland's always been a problem. So it is nice to see them kind of make, get, they drafted him in the fourth round, right? This Cade yeah. York. Cade York, yeah. Um, so they yeah. They played a long uh, one as well that probably would have got about 70 if they'd have uh, well, yeah. needed to. So, so um you know, the kicker trouble this weekend. It's nice to see the Browns having that. And uh, Baker's face afterwards was a picture, I think. Yeah. But yeah, DJ yeah. Moore, I'm <clears throat> interested on that game. DJ Moore really didn't... I think people got too much into this kind of QB upgrade around mm-hmm. DJ Moore. And, and it's easy to say now. But but really, you know, um, how much of an upgrade was it from, from Sam Donald to Baker? I don't know. I think it is an upgrade. I think the problem yeah, is... It is, but how, how much... Yeah, as much as they should have, and that's the issue with that. Um, the thing that came out for me from the game was the limited usage of Christian McCaffrey. Um, and he kind of had spells, but he wasn't a, a first or second read for Baker for most of the early part of that game. Um, mm. where normally it's he's the first read and give him the ball, and he's a playmaker, put the ball in his hands, and he'll win your games. And um, yeah. There's never is there. You always give the ball to your best player, right? And I almost think Baker thinks he is the best player rather than <laughs> actually admit Christian McCaffrey is the best player. Yeah. Well, so, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I know where he's with McCaffrey. I mean, if there is a buy-low opportunity, then hmm. go ahead. Start throwing night offers. I think the fact he finished the game, started and finished the game. Positive. see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, you know, <laughs> he didn't have a wonderful day, but you probably what in a in a PPR league, you probably put up 15, 16 points off the top of my head. Yeah, he, he's returned as much as a, a standard running back would have done late first round anyway. So he's still in the hunt with what we're saying is a downgraded game for him. I think that's yeah, I think that's <clears> one of his poorest ones he'll play if he yeah. stays fit, of course. Correct. But Robbie, Robbie is back as well, which is good to see. They needed another weapon as well on that team. Mm. They did. Uh, Texans Colts finishing the tie, the second game in the early window that went to overtime. Surprise! Surprise for many, probably right. Absolutely, this was a surprise. <laughs> not, not. Uh, we all knew the Texans would be better because you know they couldn't be much worse. And also, Mills did show enough last year at the back end, if you remember, yep. to be a bit more com- comfortable in him. Um, however, the Colts didn't really get a grip on the game like they do normally. They get a grip and then they run the ball. Taylor yeah, still had yeah. 30 carries, which was... HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. 
people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. You know, that's a, that's a decent work day for a running yeah. back. Um, it feels very consolidated again. Pittman looks a, an absolute stud on the outside in terms of uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> and I think, you know, um, there's questions on the tight end. I think that's been put to bed in this game. I don't think you can start either any of those tight ends with confidence. Um and Heinz, Heinz's role was strange, considering they were behind. I thought we'd see Heinz a lot more. Or Me too. Yep. Yeah. So I'm not sure. The Especially right... with someone like Matt Ryan there, who, yeah. who likes that little dump-off pass. So. <clears throat> so that's probably worrying, um, because you're never going to start Heinz if the Colts are, uh, have got a good game flow or a good mm-hmm. game script. They come from behind, and they were down 20-3 to three or whatever, and they didn't yeah. feature him. So a bit of a worry on Heinz there, I think. In terms yeah. of in uh, Houston, don't yeah. know where Damian Pierce went. You know all the yeah. Rex Burkhead is the the lead guy. They obviously like his versatility, his experience. And yeah, me and Murphy spoke about how we were quite surprised about the make decision because we thought the experience, if nothing else, in there would have just steadied the ship in moments when they needed them in huddles and things like that would have just settled everyone down. But it appears Burkhead is the experience they like there. It does, and uh, <laughs> if. Are you going to be able to start PS? Is he just a hold now until he, you know, is he just a roster clogger maybe in a draft, in a redraft league? You're going to be waiting. But obviously, you know, Burkhead could get injured. Great. Then you've got PS. But if they both stay fit, are you going to feel comfortable starting them? I'm not sure. You're going to have to see it first. It's one of those. So you could end up holding him for six or seven weeks. I'd sit here right now. PS is, <clears throat> for me, fits into the category of the other handcuffs, um, your Madisons and people like that um i don't yeah. think they'll run with him it's if you're churning your roster and you've got those bottom guys and it depends how deep your, your leagues and your rosters are absolutely for me i'd probably want another week or two just to see <clears throat> excuse me how it pans out in other games and if if he earns that role if he can have a a hot game do they roll with the hot hand um mm. but no come week three week four if it's still kind of working off the same backfield split yeah. Then, um, yeah, I might start to to look into turning to see if I can find somebody else that might become relevant soon. So, that's good. Um, Falcons falconed. Yeah, <laughs> true Falcon fashion. They do. Yeah, it's a shame in it, really, because you know it happens all the time. But they, it, it's. I mean, it's there's positives there because the Saints' D defense, especially, they're a good team. <clears throat> I I was expecting the Saints to kind of. <clears throat> Not blow them out, but yep. beat them by a comfortable margin. So to have a 
a 60 yarder at the end to maybe win it is is a good place to be for the Falcons. I know it was home, but they they were in control of the most of the first half, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Patterson looked Patterson looked great. The line was they were running on the Saints. That was the biggest surprise in this game. Well, yeah, Patterson. <clears throat> there was a lot of debate. Obviously, the back end of last season, they stepped yeah. down his usage drastically, and there was a lot of talk about how he's going to be used. Um, he had 22 carries. He had a career high 22 carries for 120 yards on the score, uh, and he still had five targets, three catches as well. So, yeah, <clears> right, I think even right. most of that offense, a lot of them under delivered. Pitts under delivered, I guess. Well, I think London played well. I, I think, think London did okay for his first game as a rookie and a tough. Yeah, side. yeah. yeah. Um, but Pitts seven targets, two catches for 19 yards. That's not first, second round tight end worthy yeah. return as of yet. So it remains to be seen if that can filter through. Um, other people, Olamide Zacchaeus and things like that, had bit parts to play. But yeah, I looked at the stat line and I was surprised that London had an, a decent, okay-ish game. Pitts had a dreadful game. I was like, where have they scored 26 points from and been in this game? And it almost seems like it was Patterson that took yeah. the brunt of that. And, and you know, the players that are coming in instead of Patterson were um, Avery Williams and Dam Damian Williams. These are not yep. players they're going to take. You know, Algier was a, a late night, late scratch, healthy scratch. Yep. That tells you all. I think this, and I think Damian Williams even got injured. So you know, it, there's no danger if that's what they're rolling with to, to Patterson's role. Um, so I might have been complete. Oh, that is somewhere I, I was wrong on completely. I thought he was. Um, finished towards the end of the season. So, uh, I mean, if you're picking him up around eight or nine in redraft, that's a steal. That's looking yeah, like a steal. Yeah, it would have been. You've, well, you're sitting at RB5 after one week. So, absolutely you maintain that, you're going to laugh into the bank. So, but, but on the London, just on the <laughs> London thing. So, the, the Zacharias, Brian Edwards, Kadaro Hodge, they, they're not. It, it is really the London and pitch. That'll turn into the London and pitch show. I, I really think Pitts is a buy low now. You know, anyone's worrying. I don't know if they will be. Obviously, Dynasty is untouchable still. So this yeah. is mainly for redraft. Yeah. But it's going to be London and Pitts clearly as the two target leaders. And, you, you know, you want to go after mm -hmm. that uh, low game. And I think it's good news for London as well. Yeah, I mean, they've got another tough game out next week as well away at LA Rams. So um, not an ideal matchup for him. But his back-end season, he yeah. does get better. They've got uh, Carolina, Chicago, Baltimore, Arizona, all in that sort of playoff spot there. So... Um, Hopefully they'll yeah. find their rhythm time and they'll be a bit better by then. Maybe a fallback change, but we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see. I think Mariota actually did all right. On the other side, there's there's a lot to talk about there because I think Jarvis Landry, um, so I picked him up in, I, I not picked him up, but I was drafting him at the back end of PPR leagues yep. mainly. Yeah. Um, and that's because, you know, there was a question mark on Michael Thomas's injury, whatever, but actually showed quite a good connection in preseason. I know it's preseason with, um, James Winston, and that actually will go with vet, with vets. That actually goes quite a long way, I think. So I, w I wasn't as surprised as others with with that stat line, but that is a really good stat line from him in a game like that. Um, I, yeah, I had a lot of Jarvis Landry. I'd known Winston from his time at the Bucks. Yeah, exactly. He's not yeah. going to dump down to Kamara, as we see. That was a concern coming out of that game for me, how little Kamara got of that ball. Um, but Michael Thomas... Got his two touchdowns, Jarvis Landry, huge that line. So, and they dug in the Saints. They was worried at the time, and they filled yeah. it through. So, um, we'll quickly flick through. There's a few more to, to look at. Yeah, Jets, yeah. Ravens. Not much of a surprise in the Ravens. 
eventually wore the Jets down um, and took that win there, 24-9. Anything stand out in that one? Not really. I was keeping an eye on Bruce Hall. Bruce Hall versus Michael Carter. Um, yeah. Carter just edged it in usage, didn't he? He did, yeah. He had, he had 10 carries. Bruce had mm. six. Uh, the snaps were 50 to 38. So, I, I mean, yeah. No, it feels like you'll get to get, you know, by week nine or ten, I think Hall will take over. A little bit like Jonathan Taylor that first year, yeah, yeah. If, if Hall's that good. But, you know, are you going to be able to start Hall until that point is the question. Um, okay. You should be able to because you drafted him round four. So, that I mean, yeah. you're talking about Bruce, um, Damien Pierce earlier, but he's round six or seven. Yeah. It's a different conversation with Hall. So, owners might be edgy on that one. Um, and on the other side, well, <coughs> Bateman's targets were not as much as I thought it would be. If I'm honest, I wouldn't be panicking on. I wouldn't be panicking on Bateman at all. But nope. you know, I expected him to. I expected him and Andrews a little bit like London and Pitts that we just talked about, yep. and then everyone else. But actually, it was more even for the Ravens, which was surprising. Yeah, and there's so many though as we talk about these anomalies in Week One. I mean, Sammy Watkins, I think, only plays Week One. Doing fantasy football for the last what, three, four years now, so he didn't turn up this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the cream will always rise to the top, I guess, is <clears throat> the thing here. So it's yeah, it's don't overreact. You guys, you drafted earlier studs, and they've been studs for the last two, three years, and they will work their way through, and the quality will shut. Um, yeah, Mark Andrews, then, for example, will no panic there whatsoever. If anyone no. is panicking, yeah, is he going to be a tight end one that you may have drafted him at? Maybe not. Is he going to end up tight end 3-4 worst case scenario? Yeah. So, I wouldn't frown it at all. Yeah. Um, Commanders Jags, weird one. Lots of reasonable fantasy play. The young rookie with two touchdowns in Dotson. Um, Terry McLaurin got a decent touchdown catch after not really being targeted all game as well. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like these. This is kind of an interesting game, this. And we'll talk about this when we get to the wave wire, I think. Mm. Because... The teams that have got clear wide receiver threes and nothing else, there, you know, there's value there. We just talked about one with Landry, although that's yeah. a little bit different. Here, you're looking at Kirk, Jones, and Jones for the Jags, and Dotson, McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel, and there's nothing else behind them. Um, no. So that is, for me, they're the kind of waiver wire pickups <laughs> you want to be looking at. But we'll get to all that. This fancy. Uh, there's definitely fancy relevant players on these teams. It was good to see Gibson take his. He did do well. He did well, and he caught the ball well as well. Yeah. A few people were saying, actually, when Robinson comes back, Gibson would take the McKissick role, but McKissick kept his role in this game. I was watching closely to see if they just threw the kind of workload all to Gibson's way. So I guess Gibson's always playing for his career now, right? Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. back week five, week six, potentially, Absolutely. which seems ludicrous. Um, if he delivers that kind of return each week, then yeah. he'll keep rolling in that job. So... And James Robinson was a lovely surprise, I think. And it's not to the ETN owners, but in general, mm. it was nice to see him back. Dominate the carries. He got 12 carries compared to ATN's four. And he got catches, obviously. Um, but it was an even split. So as suspected, ETN will play a role in the passing game, but probably not as much as everyone thought on the, on the ground. Yeah, ETN had a couple of rather straightforward drops as well, for um, well which was... Absolutely. Crucial. I'm going to put down to rookie nerves. We, well, I say rookie, he's not a rookie, but effectively, but yeah. I guess he is for all yeah. intents and purposes. So, um, one of them was uh, overthrow from Lawrence as well. He had him yeah. perfectly in the end zone. Lawrence yeah. missed him. 
he, he, I don't know with Lawrence. If you take your mind back to this time last year, he was the golden. He was the golden boy. <clears throat> he hasn't. I expect you know. I might have expected him a little bit too much for him. I don't know, but yeah, he, he needs to start showing something soon. I think. Yeah, I mean, again, go. It was week one. Adrenaline's high. Yeah. You, you're eager to do well, and overthrows. I guess one of them things that until you settle yeah. and find a rhythm a bit more, it's a bit easier to, to do. So, um, Justin Jefferson, many people's wide receiver one, showed exactly why that's the case in the Vikings' 23 win, seven win over the Packers. Superstar. Nothing else um, to say, really. Yeah, Vikings are Vikings. Packers I mean, surprise you. Yeah, they did because, um, and I, I guess if we will never know what happens if uh, Christian Watson catches that ball in mm-hmm. the first, because it's seven-seven. Then if he catches that deep one, yeah. and it might be a different game, you know, they control. Tr- all of a sudden, then you see the running game. Aaron Jones gets a lot more run, all this good stuff. <clears throat> but um, I just expected Rogers to find a way, and I'm so used to seeing him find a way in games like this. You, it's rare that you actually see, you know, twenty-one nothing. Yeah, twenty-seven, three, twenty-seven, ten, or whatever it was, and, and you know, not much. That you don't believe they're going to get back because they haven't got that many playmakers anymore. That's the truth. You know, you're looking at Randall Cobb and Sam Watkins. They're not, they're not going to do it anymore. Um, it, yeah, it never felt like they was in the game. No, and that's rare. Very early on, on either side of the ball. Um, yeah, for me. So uh, you're looking for that one player to yeah to spark a light to ignite everybody else, and it just wasn't there. And then you look at your senior players to sit on the sideline yeah. and go, right, let's get up for this. And there was none of that either. They just kind of all sat around on the sideline. And yeah, I mean, there uh, is a couple of guys on the, on the offensive line, which I don't think would have helped back to Ari and um, I can't think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's concerning. <clears throat> Fancy wise, AJ Dillon, it's nice to see Tanya out there, I think. Mm. So that is someone the Rajas trust, but you know, he's not going to break anything big cool. anytime soon. Many people's biggest surprise, the, the New York Giants um, came yeah. out winners, 2120. <laughs> uh, and Saquon Barkley, many people doubt. <clears throat> I don't think nobody's ever doubted the talent. Many people have doubted his injury proneness, but he does look like the Barkley of three years ago. He, um, he does, he does uh, through the way I hope he, he can stay like it. He, he looked really good through the line. I, I, I don't know, there was one play I the old Saquon Barkley would have taken mm-hmm. to the house, I think. I, I just feel like then the sideline he was gone. Um, so I'm not sure about his top end speed, but through the line he looked explosive. You know, you you, yeah. you know that kind of burst through there. He definitely had that back, and it was nice to see Jones dumping off a few balls to him as well. There was one screen which was a really nice design. Um, yeah, really good game. Uh, enjoyed it. I think Tennessee. It felt like Tennessee took the foot off the gas completely, and they could have they could have wiped the floor with them in the first half. Yeah. Really, you know, sat in for field goals. Third and one, they were doing kind of tight end reverses instead of giving it to Derrick Henry and then punting it. it. They could have been out of sight early, I think. Um, and that's just the Tennessee way. They they do they are conservative for some reason. Um, obviously, <clears throat> Tannehill, well, I don't know. You know, There's a few players there from the receiving core. I don't think you can trust any of them right now. Um, but Tannehill um, did kind of keep them going uh, with a chance to win the game. They just didn't come through. It's funny, the, the coach for the Giants had a go at Daniel Jones, didn't he, towards the end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might have seen something for him and uh, turned right turn him the other way. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good to see. The Giants get me because... And they went for two. How, 
Reliant the independent they were, they did, yeah. And they yeah. said all along they're gonna play that way. So fair play to them for doing it. Um but there's so many guys we've sat in the offseason going, well, Kenny got of the years, he hasn't shown it for a while, but he is a talent. And it has to show sooner rather than later. His time's running out. This has got to be the year. That's and then you look at <clears throat> Kadarius Tony. Flashed last year, odd bits of not even a whole game, just odd bits and plays here and there. And he's like, okay, maybe he's bedded in, he's got over his injury, and he can build. Then they brought in one down Robinson. Now, one down Robinson got injured early on in the game, but none but of we these didn't, guys. We didn't see Tony. I, I was expecting to see Tony after that. Okay, you don't start him. Fine. He's doing something in the background. He's obviously not a. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but he's doing something that's upsetting the coaches behind because talent wise, he, every time he touches the board, he's, he's got a first he, down. He was opinion. on the field for seven snaps. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In the whole so, so one there <clears> goes <throat> off injured, and I'm thinking, right, you know, fine, you've had all that stuff with Tony, let's yep. see him now. Yep. And he just didn't come in. So there's there's bigger issues there. You, you, you can't start him. It's unfortunate because, like I said, every time he touches it, it, it looks like it's a first down. They can't tackle yep. it. No. So. <laughs> And they also Daniel Bellinger, the young rookie they like, but he went out of concussion as well. And it fell on the lights of Sterling Shepard to deliver us. It always yeah. seems crazy coming back off his own injury as well. It does, so. yeah. yeah. Um, Chargers Raiders, decent game. Chargers prevailed, 24 uh, 19. But Devontae Adams picking up, I think it was a 48% target share in this game. High. Ridiculously um, high. Yeah, lots of. <clears throat> He's moved and he's going to have to share it with Waller and Renfro and Jacobs at the backfield now, whereas in Green Bay it was the him and Rogers show. Um, doesn't seem to come to fruition at all. It is, like we said with Christian McCaffrey earlier, I guess, the line is getting the ball in the hands of your best player. Devontae Adams is, without doubt, their best player, uh, and they tried to get the ball in his hands as often as they physically possibly could, and he delivered on it. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, the connection's real um, there, and uh, I mean, his right running looks as, it's just as crisp as ever. So if he's that if he's that open, Car's going to find him, you know. Yeah. Ramfro still got his targets, but they didn't yeah. come during. If I remember, they came really late in that game. So they did. You know, Same with Wallace. Yeah. They were back end of the game as well, generally speaking. So so that's a little bit of a worry to me. <clears throat> you know, on games they might be up and not throw in as much as they they mm. want. Uh, they are out of sight by then. Um, Jacobs, yeah, I, I I did see Bold. Brandon Bolden was in the game a lot more than I thought it was. So mm-hmm. um, it's been talk all off season about Jacobs. I think the worries are real. Although he did dominate carries, the only thing is they were from behind. So Bolden was on the field and Abdullah was on the field. Uh, yeah, worried about Jacobs, I think. 
And of course, obviously, the Chargers receiver we all went and drafted and wanted and knew was going to be a star there was John Ray Carr. <laughs> not Josh Palmer. Not Jalen Josh Gray. Palmer, not Mike Williams. Yeah. John Ray Carr. Uh, Deontay I mean, Carr. last year. And now Keenan Allen, you know, again, <clears throat> get to that in a minute, but <clears throat> Josh Palmer felt like the kind of player you would draft at the end. I know I did in the Fury draft leagues. Yeah. And I, right, if one of those players goes down, he's an automatic start. I really expected a lot for Josh Palmer when Mike Williams yeah. wasn't re-signed. Um, as soon yeah. as Mike Williams signed, I, I dropped Josh Palmer personally because I think that role would have suited him perfectly. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just a match-up thing yesterday. Uh, yeah, none maybe. Of the Chargers, receivers, the headliners kind of excelled a lot uh, at that stage. So, um, well, we'll see. Now we'll... going down injured as well. Yeah, well, it, it's a Thursday night game, isn't it, with Keenan Allen? So I'm um, not mm-hmm. expecting to see him out there, I don't think. So, uh, yeah. I wouldn't imagine so, no. Josh Palmer's probably one you can start. I'm probably yeah. not sure about DeAndre Carr yet. <laughs> the other side, the, like the Packers, I guess, that had <clears throat> their receiving core blown up and no one knew quite what it was going to be, was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And they didn't hit the same problems that the Green Bay Packers hit, did they? They was out the gate early and often. If that, it feels like Mahomes might have been listening to everyone saying, oh, the Chiefs maybe, maybe not going to get out of that division this year. And he just said, right, screw this. I'm just going to, yeah. you know, show everyone. And it's, he was, he was dotting it around. He was back to his normal way, running one way, throwing back across his body. He looked really comfortable. And I, I knew this was going to be a blowout. You know, I do follow the cards a, a little bit. I do yeah. support them, potentially. And the amount of injuries coming into this game, I there was no, there, it was no, it was no kind of doubt in my mind that the Chiefs would win this one. Um, but Clyde Edwards-Lear got his as well. Two catches, was it? Or maybe one was the first one was a run. I can't remember. Pacheco got in the end zone. Juju got his. Kelsey got his. It, it just feels like the Chiefs were buzzing. Um, and having Hardman as well. Yeah, it was spread around. It really they was. could literally um, go to anyone, they, anyone they wanted to, and Mahomes got gobbled up all the points. And the difference is to Aaron Rodgers looked like he couldn't go to anybody. Mahomes looked no. like he could have threw the ball to any of them. They all exactly. stood up and delivered. So, yeah, um, yeah Edwards Hilaire did surprise me. He did get two touchdowns. They were both receiving touchdowns. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, good. And they had seven carries. He is the chief at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. He uses that what you will. Um, seven carries, 42 yards. He had three targets, three receptions uh, for 32 and two scores in there. So a decent return on him at the minute and see if he carries on. And that brings us to the last game and probably the least exciting game of the weekend. I don't know if you'd have seen it. Yeah, I have. I agree with you. It was it was, it was was not a good watch at all. Well, it was as a Tampa fan. It was an ideal watch. <laughs> it, was, it was perfectly simple because there's a lot of concerns. Um, but the Buccaneers prevailed against the Cowboys 19-3. Um, Buccaneers defense, Cowboys offense just looked a real mismatch in quality at the time. I mean, the Cowboys Absolutely. scored three on the first drive. Um, the Cowboys never got inside the 30 yards again until the end of the third quarter. Um, which it just is... it looked comfortable the whole the whole way. It looked comfortable, and I think that I think the Buccaneers were in second or third gear in offense. They, they we, were, yeah, we scored three field goals. We had a missed field goal. Yeah. Um, we could have put that game to bed Absolutely. before half-time comfortably. Uh, and we didn't. And the Tampa need to work on that and um, and, and execute a bit better. But the Cowboys had nothing. 
No, nothing. And it's only getting worse with that. But what do you think about Julio Jones? And I ask you as a Bucks fan, what do you think of... I was encouraged to see Julio out there in three receiver sets, not Russell Gage. Yeah, well, Russell Gage has had a bit of a niggle as well. So, um, yeah. I'm saying I've lost Godwin as well now, so for a little bit maybe with his hamstring. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, my biggest surprise was how they used Julio because they had him running end of rounds on jet sweeps yeah. twice. Like, like the old days, <laughs> proper old days. And I've, I've seen something today that he was clocked as the fourth, the fourth fastest player on a field over the weekend. I mean... We forget, we forget how good he was. I don't forget. He was one no. of my favorite players, yeah. you know, eight, nine years ago, whatever. But it, it, he's, if he's back to anywhere close to that, then that is the best receiving core in the league, without a doubt, if he's back. <clears throat> he's the key to that. If he's back, it's and they're putting three of those players out there, Evans, Godwin, when he's back, 100%, and Julio Jones. It's game over, in my opinion. <laughs> Brady can go whichever way he wants to go, and they're all superstars. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette had a, a really big oh, game yeah. as well. Uh, That's another thing. Yeah, Fournette is going to play. He's a he, he is very close. I mean, if we could redraft again, he would be the back end around one because he is a true. Me and Murph have both said we both. I think Murph had him as RB five on the year, and I had him at around about eight. Good, because I drafted um, him around. I drafted him around two in my main, you know, home league, and I'm chuffed to bits to have him in round two. As my you know first uh, running back, yeah, he, he's going to deliver. He had the huge workload. Uh, he was, it wasn't even a share. Rashad White um, did come into the game. He did have six carries, but five of those were in the fourth quarter when it was nineteen three, uh, and then sat out. So he looked okay, but he isn't taking that role off Leonard Fournette anytime soon. That's for sure. Pure handcuff. Which which is valuable, by the way, because Lenny obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's nice to see Wishar White coming in as the first option there for those who drafted so, him as a hanker. We kind of touched on them as we've gone through them, but mm-hmm. looking ahead now to week two, yeah, um, maybe not your waiver wires right now, but those players where you were like, do I start them, do I bench them, do I sit them? Um, who for you now has gone? Yeah, you've earned a place in in my side now. You are you're going to start. Yeah, so I think James Robinson gets gets that tick. Um, I even don't though it's a shared backfield still, even though yeah. he's going to be the lead. Yeah, and I uh, <laughs> I think he's got so the carries ten to seven or ten to three, yeah. whatever I said. You know, again, that was in a game that was they were down again and they were still running him. I think I'm not saying the Jags are going to be up. I'm not sure who they play next week, but anyway, going forward, he is someone that I'm quite happy to put as. As, as even as my RB2 now. So if you did the zero RB strategy or hero and you picked up some of the back, put him in. Jack's playing Colts in. next week. Yeah, that, so they are good against the run. Um, but, you know, I yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's a tricky one, actually. Uh, <laughs> it depends yeah. on the competition is, I guess. I who else it is. It is. Up, yeah. Right? yeah, but um, I, I, did, I was encouraged by James Robinson. Um, there's a few other names at the running back. You put one that so Khalil Herbert. You think? Yeah. Is he? Would you start him? Or I've got a lot of Khalil Herbert in dynasty. I think it's his job in due course yeah. in redraft. I have a lot of David Montgomery because I was um, quite heavy on a hero running back second. Montgomery comes my RB three somewhere, and I'm sitting here similar to what Singletary. I had the two of them very similar in terms of. It's their backfield. They will control it. The other guys will get sprinklings here and there, but it's going to be their main lead. Yeah. That happened with Singletary. I don't feel that happened with Montgomery. 
Um, I think Herbert's pulled along a side, if not ahead in a couple of weeks. So I think at the minute it may be touchdown dependent, but then if you get the goal line work, so maybe that's going to come in. Yeah. Um, maybe not an RB2, but if you, you've got a flex play and one of your flexes is Brandon Ayuk this weekend in Chicago and it's pouring down with rain, I wouldn't be adverse to putting Khalil Herbert in. In the same really game, wouldn't. yeah. Yeah, and that's where, you know, the weather comes into effect. You know, you go in the running back, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's a good shout. Yeah. Um, Kevin Duvernay had a big game. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> I'm I'm less interested in him as a pickup and play option. I think yep. um, I do like to think about you know the kind of team. You know, Baltimore usually, if they're ahead, will run the ball. I know it was close in this game. Maybe mm-hmm. that sign- signals why you catch it, caught it a lot more. But I do expect it to go to the Bateman and Andrew Show again, a little bit like the London and Pitts that we talked about, and just funnel those two. So. Um, it could be just background noise for all those kind of players. James Prochet, um, second tight end, Isaiah Likely, you know, all these others might... Isaiah Likely, four targets, no catches. No catches, yeah. But, yeah, I know. Wave a wire, darling. Um, yeah. Another name, Daryl Henderson. I think you can play him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've seen enough from the Thursday night game. So those who had Akers and Henderson as the cuff... I think it's just a straightforward swap. You've got one in round five and one in round nine. If you were to redraft now, you would take Henderson around five and Akers around nine, probably as an anchor. Potentially, um, yeah. So uh, Robbie Anderson, big game. We said the the Panthers are looking for a wide receiver too there. I mean, Robbie Anderson's currently 16% owned. Uh, so that is a deeper redraft. Yeah, that is a player that I think you can play. Um, he got enough targets. He was on the field the whole time. Yep. So, you know, Chenault, Terrence Marshall, Marshall is not going to be a thing. Then Shai Smith is the third. And yep. the, and their tight ends are, again, not commanding any targets soon. So it is those two on the outside, and they're on the field a lot. McCaffrey yep. should kick in, give the off- offense a bit more of a kick as well. So, yeah, Anderson's one that you can probably start and flex. I yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I looked, we talked to the players. James Robinson, 72% owned. Khalil Herbert, 47 mm-hmm. Uh, Duvernay at 20. And I was surprised Robbie Anderson still came in at 16. He's the lowest of yeah. all of these names. I agree. Uh, and he's, even before the season, he's a wide receiver too on his roster. Um, and I get CMC's there. He pushes a lot of uh, of the work on the ball. Uh, DJ yeah. Moore's a fantastic talent, but there's less of wide receiver threes being drafted ahead of Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. So, get him in your team. So they're the kind of players that we'd look at if you've got flex spots available and options that we think maybe their their performance week one may not be a myth. It may have something to, to carry over into week two. They are not the next Sammy Watkins. Um, if you've got these guys and the matchup's nice and, and the weather's good, then these guys that we think their production will probably carry over. Duvernay out of those would probably be the one we'd keep an eye on more. So, yeah. Um, what are the players that you probably started heading into week one where you're now going, Neil, what am I going to do with these guys? Are they going to <laughs> out? Oh, well, I, I, Cam Akers is one, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think we've, you know, being a Thursday night game, there's been a lot of talk about him. So I don't think you can play him as simple as this until you see some sort of remnants of what he used to be pre-injury. And I think he'll come back. I do. Yeah, he had a soft tissue injury in pre-season. I think that's a lot of it to, to factor in. Yeah. So. I think it will come back around. You can't you can't sign until you see something. 
is impossible mm. now. Um, CD Lamb is one we should talk about because, yep. I mean, he he got drafted as an auto start. You drafted him in round two. Okay, fine. He's a wide receiver. He's going straight in your starting lineup. Yep. But actually now, you know, without Dak for eight weeks, maybe seven or eight, eight weeks. weeks. Yep. But even with Dak, he was the number one. And it, we haven't seen it yet from CeeDee Lamb. We haven't actually seen him step up to be the wide receiver one. So we we were drafting him in round two for potential to be the next. Cup. Yeah. There was um, no Gallup um, for early weeks. There was no Talbot. Amari Cooper. Yeah, so exactly. I think it was a case of, well, CD must get these opportunities. Um, it didn't and quite pan out. I actually think CD will benefit from someone like Michael Gallup's return. I think having a second option there is actually when CD Lamb will get freed up a bit more in coverage. And that's when yeah. I think he can get the ball in his hand in a bit of open field and he can break the tackle. I think it's yards after catch with CD Lamb. Whereas when he's yeah. your main target, your main option, he's double covered and the fences clamp down on that. And therefore, he can't. He yeah. can't have that explosiveness. So, um, you mentioned a bit earlier New England running backs, probably looking to sit at the minute. So, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, not too sure if uh, you can start him with any confidence right now because of the situation with uh, Ty Montgomery and yeah. um, splitting carries with D Damien Harris. You know, if, if anyone did start him, then you know he's back to your bench, I think, with a solid three and a half points. Yep. <laughs> uh, what else did I say? Oh, yeah. We talked about Kadarius Tony, but Robert yeah. Woods is worth worth yes. a mention because people were drafting him as a safe player, yep. ironically, um, and he got two targets, one catch in a game. They would. I think it will, but but he's one I'm it, probably not starting now, but he's one I'm definitely keeping and not turning the roster over on. Yeah. I think he's in this. He, he, he is. He's not droppable, but he's not. He, I don't know if I could start him because the the the, the worry for me is Tannehill. They're not a throw heavy team, are they? No. So Burks is going to kick into gear at some point, and then when they do, is it is it enough volume to go around for two players? But we'll see. Woods is one that I'm probably going to stay away from until I see something again. Yeah, Woods for me falls into the the don't panic bracket right now. Um, yeah. Don't do nothing daft, don't do nothing stupid. If it all clicks later on down the line, he, he could be somebody that does give you a safe floor in weeks that you need it in a flex spot, in a, in a wide receiver free spot. So just yeah. let that offense find its feet. Um, they was in a game against the Giants yesterday that they probably didn't expect to be in. Uh, and I think the game plan probably went out the window a little bit there. So, um, so you do lots of articles and writing and bits and pieces. Yeah. So give us your advice. You're in a redraft league now. Heading into week two, where are your wire, waiver wire additions? Who are you looking to go and add to your rosters? Okay, so I would be looking at the running backs from the injured play. You know, you're looking at the normal. So we're going to talk. I don't know if we discussed the injuries, but Elijah yeah, Mitchell yeah. went down. Yeah. yeah, so you're looking at those kind of running backs first. But there are two or three wide receivers that I really like because of the usage that they shown in in week one zay jones is one of them so he yep. should be on most people's waivers wire waiver wire yeah i i love the way that you know there's three wide receivers there marvin jones zay jones and Kirk, Kristen kirk and again marvin jones might fall into this but zay jones looked like a favorite for yep. um 
uh, Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. I got no issues in any PPR league or even half PPR putting a nice wave of bidding for him. Curtis Samuel Jones in best ball. Yeah, perfect. Mainly because he comes from the college that I support in, in East Carolina and he's one of the All right. guys in the NFL. So it's kind of following his career. So I keep picking up Zay Jones just in the, the yeah, hope on that one. Yeah, in the hope. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel falls into that bracket as well. Very similar bracket because there's, you know, there's three wide receivers there with Dotson and Terry McLaurin. I think he's someone you can pick up and start in your flex immediately. Um, and... HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. It looked yeah. really good. You know, Wentz owned. looked like he, he was comfortable. Um, 12% owned, yeah. So, Curtis and then Samuel, probably one for more. Curtis Samuel, a couple of years ago, yeah, was looking like he could make that what became the Debo role. Curtis Samuel had the potential to do that kind of gadget yeah. type play, and it didn't quite come out for him at Carolina. And he got traded, and then he got injured, and it hasn't quite, he hasn't made the field since. Um, but I'd say yesterday we saw Curtis Samuel that we saw. Back yeah. Carolina, and he looked Agreed. Good. really good. Hmm. And I hope he continues for his sake. But yeah, Curtis Samuel as well sat at 12% only in redraft leagues. Player with some steady upside there. Um, and he only wants to wash it and to lose the glory or something like that. I and mean, he's got a huge upside for you then. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I did put Jarvis Landry on this because I, I don't know how, how, um, or, you know, Maybe maybe this is a start from your bench. I don't know how many people actually had him and started him. He's a typical player you start and you just you just put him on your bench because he's drafted him around. I had <clears throat> lots of leagues with Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas in. I didn't start either of them. On the bench. I just did not know yeah. what that Saints side was going to look like. Even though they had a decent matchup. AJ Terrell's decent corner. I didn't know who was going to pick up that yeah. coverage. I just wanted to see what the Saints looked like. And yeah, this week... I'll be slotting them in where I can into flexes, both of them, without too much concern. Alave, I'm still going to sit and wait on him redraft. He's, he's, now. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> but no, if you're looking for a friendly matchup, I wouldn't have a problem starting Lambie or Thomas this week based on the performance in week one. They have got Tampa. Tampa secondary is probably their downside. Uh, it looked right. going to want to throw it the looked, ball. It looked pretty good. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, but like you said, Cowboys looked off. But we only had CD Lamb to cover. Thought we were short, it's, it's so there wasn't a lot else out there, was there? So um, no. <laughs> that secondary with Alave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield is a different proposition. Yeah. So I'd be so, intrigued to see how that goes. Yeah, I like that. And and we I did mention Kenny Gamewell. <clears throat> I think he was a sneaky winner from this yeah. this week because be, they did they did use a lot of running backs, we know that, but he was the clear he was the clear number two last year actually. Gamewell only came in and actually if you remember Gamewell was dropped in a lot of leagues around yeah. weeks seven, eight, nine, because he wasn't getting used at all. This it, that was the most usage he's had in any game so far. And it's weird because so, even their um the Eagles put out their squad depth and it had RB one, Sanders, RB two, and it had Boston Scott slash. Kenneth Gamewell, they hadn't even declared who was their RB2 themselves. Yeah. 
that they have now in the field. Exactly. So he's one I'm keeping an eye on. And if I need a flex starter, I'm, I'm okay with that. Awesome. So we've touched on a few of the guys already that we're going to talk about now, the injuries, where mm. it felt like pre-season we kind of did okay. We didn't lose anyone <laughs> major to anything major. I know. Here comes week one. And what do you know? Contact ups a little bit. And having said that, I don't think a lot of these are going to be major long-term injuries. Um, Dak Prescott hurt his thumb. He's gone for immediate surgery. He's going to be up for six to eight weeks. Um, yeah. yeah. Whether or not Cooper Rush becomes a thing for six weeks, if you've got Dak, meh, I'd go and get him just to have him in there. But the way their offense was, and with Cooper Rush coming in there, um, yeah, I think you need to find another option than picking up Cooper Rush somewhere. Agree. Um, not much to say about that. We've talked about CD Lamb. <clears throat> We're not sure how he's going to be now with Cooper Rush. Um, no. So a bit of less confidence in all of the Cowboys, I would say. Uh, same game, Chris Godwin went down injured. My heart fluttered because he's only just oh. back off an ACL. Uh, yeah. And we was all, all, all the Bucks fans I was talking to staying up were going, yeah, he'll suit up. He'll probably play about 10 or 12 snaps, sort of run, off, run snaps, just to get a bit of blocking and just to find his feet. Um, Third play out of the gate, they threw him a screen and let him run into the open field with people chasing him. We were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but and actually, the, the, play, the play he got injured was a great catch, really. Yeah, Don't it was know. low down the court. Bro. But um, yeah. <laughs> it isn't his ACL again. It's a hamstring injury it's been declared as. Uh, he's gone for scans. It looks like it's going to be two, three weeks, Chris Godwin. Yeah. Um, so I expect to see Julio get more usage like he did. Um, and hopefully if Russell Gage can keep getting fitter because he's had a niggle as well. Um, he might become viable as a flex player as well in future weeks. It's going to be a pass-heavy offense. So, uh, Keenan Allen, you mentioned, another hamstring injury. Still yeah. waiting on the results of this. I'd expect it to be at least two, three weeks. Uh, Chargers suit up Thursday night football. So I think if you've got Keenan Allen, it's going to be incredibly unlikely that you're going to be able to utilize him at this stage. Um, Which is Josh Palmer, you recommended. As a, as a I, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I don't think you should be put off by Palmer or DeAndre Carter, if you like. I think Palmer will settle down as that number two now uh, yeah. in, in Keenan's uh, absence. So I think you could play him. And yeah. Gerald Everett's probably a big winner, actually, from that injury. Worth, so. I was pleased with Gerald Everett. I've been banging the Gerald Everett drum all <laughs> off-season. Well, two people have banged the drum. Gerald Everett, DJ Sharp. Both did okay. Both got 50, 60 yards. Both got a score. I'll take that for week one. Yeah. For my deep pick. So, um, T. Higgins went out of the game with a concussion. Um, he's obviously got to clear the concussion protocol before we can retake the field. Yeah. Don't see, unless it's a, a severe one, there'll be too many issues with him. I'd expect to see him back on the field come next week unless there's a, a hang up somewhere. I would start Boyd um, if he doesn't play. <clears throat> yep. In any format. And even when he went out, it looked like Hayden Hurst become a bit of a an option yeah. late in the game. <clears throat> yeah, so he's not going to be an option really if he if there's four of them. But if yeah. one of them's out, he's one of those players. If there's an injury ahead of those, then he's a streamer now. Um, yeah, but Chase uh, Chase Harrison, won't, Chase. Sorry, <clears throat> I was going to say Chase won't be affected by that. You saw what happened. You know, they, yeah, he, he can. There's an, they move him around enough to get out of that double double coverage. So don't be, don't be too worried about Chase. They do on the kickers. It was a weekend for kickers. Missed field goals and boinks and everything everywhere. 
Harrison Butker on oh, the yeah. second kickoff, their first touchdown, yeah. turned his ankle. It looked like he could have broken it in real time as he done it. It went over that far. Um, we then saw Justin Reed, the safety, <laughs> kicking a was it a field goal or an extra point he kicked? He then took a kick off and put it clean through the belt brights as well. But he missed um, went from 20 yards. He then missed a chip shot. And <laughs> without much surprise, Harrison Buckle was in, strapped up. God knows what injections in it. Mm, with a 54-yard yeah. field goal. And because he didn't want to have the run and plant onto his left-handed foot, he took one oh. step. He took oh. one step and he mailed a 54-yard field goal. Um, I don't know if you guys have got kickers in your league. Buckle would win. <laughs> Probably quite a highly drafted kicker quite early on, I thought, for his consistency. Um, I would say wait and see. They did use him whilst injured. Um, I don't think there's much other options there. So I think if if the Chiefs don't go out and pick up a kicker, you're probably going to be safe to play Bucker in this instance. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, next injury on the list I've got is Mac Jones. It was listed as a back injury. I've put it down as embarrassment. Um, more uh, that he didn't want to meet the media and things like that um, he's, he's had two scans now one in Miami and one back in New England and both have returned negative no damage no issues Stuck. so um, the, yeah the Patriots have come out and said they'll see how he feels during the week my guess is going to be absolutely fine and there won't be no issues whatsoever yeah on now Robinson we mentioned the injury for the Giants went out it's just a shame because I was looking forward to see how they used him um Knee injury, I haven't got any more details than that, so um, keep your eyes out, I guess. Read up on that one. Yeah. TJ, so Shep- what? I would what? just say Sh- Shepard might be coming the flex option. So if, if Tony doesn't step up and, and one day I'll disappear. I'd say for if Flex and Sterling Shepard. In a PPR league, I would say only, but I mean, someone's yeah. got to catch the ball in New York. I know what you're going to say. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Someone's yeah. got to throw the ball first, so, <laughs> <laughs> accurately. To have yeah. catch it. That's the problem in New York. Yeah. Uh, TJ, what for the IDP guys out there? Pectoral strain, they reckon, or, or tear? Um, could be as much as eight to ten weeks. But TJ, what? That's a big one. It's yes, yeah, gonna be huge for them. As we said, Steelers aren't very good anyway, so let them get fit for next year. Uh, Najee Harris, high ankle sprain confirmed. Two to three weeks for Najee Harris out. Um, which is big. Had a lot of uses last big. year. Carried it on this year. Yeah, um, he, he, Benny um, Snell. Let's go. Is it Benny Snell or is it Jalen Warren? I think been a lot of, I think he was first in. So he's. I mean, going back to waiver wire ads, he Jalen Warren is one that I'd be looking to add immediately um, because. Well, I say that Pittsburgh line looks terrible, um, and Najee Harris got his score through the air, which Trubisky. Might not look for Warren in that respect. So he, he's still an ad. If he's out for two or four, two to three weeks or four weeks or whatever, you need you need the next man up in Pittsburgh because they don't take mm. they don't do a, a running back by committee. Do they? They they put one guy in and, and he's the guy whoever it is historically. So if it's yeah. Warren now, get get the right one and play. Either of those backs for me are gonna be those spots at the bottom of the roster, the two three that you turn, the guys that are dead weight that you don't mind dropping each week. Go get them, stick them in. Um they're not going to be playable. They're not going to be viable this week. But they only need to have a game and a half of decent production. Then you might be looking at the flex play. It only needs Najee Harris to have a complication on his return to train. Yeah. He actually misses six to eight weeks, not two or three. And you've got this guy in advance. Even if you look to then use that guy somewhere else with someone else to trade for something else. Um, try and get these yeah. guys on your rosters early. I will say don't overreact. We see after week one so many times. 
People yeah. go out and blow their far bidding now on Jalen Warren because he has to be the next guy. Um, don't he hasn't done it in the NFL yet? He hasn't shown that he can be that lead back for me. I'd be cautious. I'd be wary. I can get him if you could get him for a fair price, um, but I'm not looking to blow everything on someone like Jalen Warren, who in two to three weeks' time you probably look to drop anyway. And the G has come back up, pick the roll yeah. up, and you'll be on to the next guy. So, um, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be out there doing that. Um, other running backs was Elijah Mitchell knee injury. Yeah, I haven't got so, a on it. I don't know how bad it is, but. They did he did de- rather so abruptly. They did. They ruled him out straight away, and I think that yeah. might be to, to do with the weather as well, mind you know, because to put someone on the field on that kind of field, in, yeah. yeah. So they were like, right, you know, I'm in this in this game. Uh, they obviously thought they had enough in Jeff Wilson and Jordan Mason, is it? Because I think Ty Davis Price was actually in, in was inactive. So, so it looks like Wilson is the pickup. Yep. Jordan Mason might be a deeper pickup, and if uh, or you know Ty Davis Price comes into the picture here as well, so they'll have all three active next week. I can imagine. Oh, if only they kept Trace Simon on the roster, or Jermichael Hasty, put them all. Or Jermichael Hasty, like the yeah. old yeah, get or Raheem Mostert. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just next man up in, in San Francisco, and Debo it ran the ball a lot. Let's remember. Well, that. yeah, I think he had nine attempts following the injury. Yeah. Mitchell, so I, that's not going to go away as well. So for, that, for Debo owners, I think that's a. Uh, in fact, I'd say actually the Mitchell injury is yeah. better for Debo than any other actual running backs probably that are on that roster. Yeah, Debo gets more so. touches. Shame, um, he's not, shame he's not paid like a running back. <laughs> indeed. Anything else you want to cover? Anything else relevant to either week one gone or week two? <laughs> well, I think we covered loads. To be honest, um, it's a really good chat. There's, there's so don't I think you, you're going to talk about it now, but there are things that you just don't want to panic too much about it. Um, week one. Um, you know, you talked about the weather a little bit affecting games. Don't forget, you know, that all changes next week. They'll have a clean slate. I would look into the kind of usage a little bit of wide receivers. Um, like I talked about in the likes of Zay Jones and Curtis Samuel, that's that's really good kind of data. They're on the field a lot. Robbie Anderson, very, very promising, those kind of stats. But apart from that, you know, nothing uh, crazy happened. I think I talked right at the beginning about the quarterbacks. It's quite good to see. Those that were 50-50, the likes of Trubisky and Mario to play well. So, um, and they're good. They're, I mean, they're good rushing quarterbacks as well. Those two. So, if you need a streamer, have a look at some of those rushing quarterbacks in a one quarterback league. Um, yep, that's what they'll I'm certainly hold their own. So, and yeah, that's my bit of advice from this: is, is don't panic or overreact. Um, any given week, there can be an anomaly. It's week one, so we're all hyped. We've all studied everything. We've all watched every game highlight we can possibly <laughs> cram in. By week 12, we're not doing that. We're just watching a couple that interest us, right? So, yeah, yeah. don't overreact. Don't overdo it. Look at your waivers. Look, as, as Antonio says, look for those guys that were on the field a lot and commanded targets. Um, anybody can have, I think Duvernay had very few snaps, two targets and a couple of scores. I'd be looking for the guys that actually got seven, eight targets and three catches because they were looking mm-hmm. his way. They was on there. He had 60% of snaps. Go find those kind of guys that are out there. Um, don't blow your money on them. Keep it rave, the roster turning around. Keep trying to find the next guy. Look ahead to week two um, and who's going to be relevant. So me and Murph always speak about is trying to stay a step ahead yeah. with your roster. Yeah. Um, I don't... 
I would say I would just have one thing. Don't don't panic on the studs as well, because you know we, I talked about pits being a buy low, but that goes obviously if you've got pits, then don't panic. Basically, no one's selling pits. No one's selling pits in your redraft. Well, you never know because you look at someone like you know uh, I don't know Goddard, Hawkinson in that level, they could easily they could easily think right. You know, someone's drafted pits round three, Goddard round six, and Hawkinson round seven. What's really now if with two if if those climb up two rounds and pits maybe drops down two rounds, then they're obviously looking at the same level. If you could turn one of those into pits by adding something, then then maybe that's a move to do. But don't panic. Studs, you shouldn't really panic on the studs. Even Austin Eckler, who didn't have a great game, he's picks four, you know, pick number four or five in a redraft. Yeah. Still, he's still got 11 points in PPR in a down game. And you the Chiefs Thursday night, so I'd expect him to put up a decent return on that exactly. as well. Yeah. So cool. Antonio, um, thanks again for joining us. Keep guys, keep your eyes out for Antonio's gear and his work that he does. He's, he's got his pod. What was it called again, Antonio? Collection Pass. Play Action Pass. pass. And Five Yard Dynasty, you'll find me over there with some yeah. videos, hopefully, shortly. Fantastic. Um, guys, that's it for week one. Hopefully, we'll be back with the big man himself for a week two show. Um, but as Murphy always say, for now, keep crushing. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.